Well, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Youth and Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Sebastian. I am joined with my co-host, David Pinkham. Hey, guys, it's good to be with you again. Uh, I am really excited about, uh, which, again, I'm always excited about our interviews because I love just the guests that we have on the podcast. But this week, I think, is a little bit different than maybe some of the conversations that we have had before, uh, probably because I don't hear this talked about a lot in youth ministry uh, type of conferences and even books and just conversations in general. And that's about uh, wrapping your ministry in prayer and leaning on the Holy Spirit within your ministries. Uh, again, I, I have I, maybe it's just me personally. I just have not heard that a lot talked about in conferences or in books. But how about you, David? Have you what, what is your experience and and when it comes to prayer and, and leading the Holy Spirit in your ministry? Uh, most of the time, when I hear prayer mentioned, it is a sentence in a conversation or mentioned during another topic. Um, and probably more often than not, it's a quote that Jerry Falwell used to tell us when we were students at Liberty. And that quote would be nothing of eternal significance ever happens apart from prayer. And other than that, uh, the most attention prayer gets is when we're actually praying, which is probably not as often as we should to be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like even, even when you, I don't think I've ever been to a, to a conference really period uh, especially in a, in a youth ministry conference where it has even a breakout session talking about in, integrating prayer in your ministry. I've, I've never even witnessed that before. Not saying that's not out there. It just, I personally haven't seen it in any of the conferences I've been a part of. Um, so I, I think this is a, it's a great topic for us to be evaluating and thinking about in our ministry, especially when it comes to who's actually who are we relying on? Are we relying on our own strengths, our own abilities, or are we relying on God uh, to do the work of the ministry and reaching students for Christ? Or are we trying to do the, all that work ourselves and putting God in a back burner, almost like somebody, like a genie as a wish list of when something goes wrong, uh, but not a part of our ministry and, and the facet of what's going on? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I mean, that's something that even not just in conferences and, and get togethers, but also just within the the local church context. Um, how often have you been or been to or heard of someone going to a prayer meeting? And how how much of that time is actually spent in prayer? But it's called a prayer meeting. <laughs> yeah. No, no, <laughs> it's, exactly. It's mostly an organ recital. Um, you know, pray for this organ, pray for that organ, everything's failing. Let's pray for all the sick, pe sick people. And then like 45 minutes later, you pray for 15 minutes or less. So um, not 
not even praying, let alone talking about prayer. It's, it's just something that it doesn't get enough coverage um, and it doesn't get done enough. And in my own life, I, I'm, I struggle uh, with my prayer life as well. I'm, I'll be the first to admit that uh, it's something that I, I'm, I have a hard time with, but it, it's also because I'm very easily distracted. <laughs> so it's very hard to, to be quiet. Uh, even if I'm praying out loud, my mind just wanders so easily. Yeah. I have to say, even for me, and um, I've shared this even with my students when I'm, when I'm talking to my students about prayer and the importance of prayer is that it's, it's naturally it's something that I struggle with as well, because I, I love to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so reading God's word, studying God's word comes naturally to me. It's easy for me. Uh, but when it comes to prayer, that's harder uh, for me. So something, something I've always struggled with, and it's a discipline I've always had to work on in my own life. So I absolutely agree. And, and to be honest with you, that's kind of translated into my ministry as well, to where I have not really been praying over my ministry the way I should be. Uh, so so I, absolutely, I, I agree with that. It's something that I struggle with as well. And probably a lot of those of you who are listening probably all, all struggle with this to some degree as well. But I, I'm, again, I'm really excited about today's interview, today's topic, as we talk with Daniel Henderson specifically about prayer and leaning on the Holy Spirit. So tune in as we talk with Daniel Henderson. Well, guys, I am super excited about uh, today's topic. Um, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't hear this topic talked about a lot in youth ministry world, and that's this um, the topic of of prayer, the importance of prayer, and leaning on the Holy Spirit. Why that's important for us as pastors. Uh, in general, and us, when it comes to be, to leading and leading a flock, why that is so important. So I'm very excited to be today to be talking with Daniel Henderson. Uh, Daniel Henderson is someone I've I've heard over and over when I was in college. Had the privilege of hearing him speak over and over again in college, and and loved hearing him speak and specifically about prayer. But back in college, I did not understand the importance of it. Uh, but now, being in the Gulf in ministry, I understand now why it's so important. But Daniel, before we go into uh, talking about that and that topic and about prayer, how about you introduce yourself a little bit and kind of your journey in, in ministry? Sure. Thank you, Ryan. Great to reconnect with you today. And uh, I uh, actually was a pastor for almost 30 years. Uh, part of a church planting team originally, and then was called to be a personal associate and uh, assistant to a pastor named John MacArthur, some of you heard of. Uh, he's been around a while and quite an expositor. And then uh, took three churches after that. Uh, two of the three churches were very large churches where I arrived on the heels of a high-profile moral failure. So uh, they didn't have a class in seminary called OSHA, you know, Church OSHA, Occupational Safety, et cetera, you know. 
I was a cleanup guy and boy, I learned a lot about that. And frankly, uh, that's what drove me to my knees. And uh, we'll talk a little bit uh, later about the uh, paradigm of Acts 6 4, devoting ourselves continue to prayer and the ministry of the word. But uh, that became not just a paradigm, it became a practice out of desperation. Uh, one of those churches in between the two moral failure situations was following a 40-year predecessor who finished very honorably, but that's a different flavor of pain when the church has only had one pastor for 40 years and you're the new young buck in, in, uh, after him. But in all three cases, Ryan, I learned incredible lessons about how prayer is not just therapeutic. We tend to treat it that way as Americans and just, you know, ways to help us feel better about our problems. But, and it has a therapeutic impact, but the prayer is primarily transformational. Uh, it's designed to not only transform our lives, transform our ministries, our churches, and our nation through the power of the Holy Spirit. So that was my journey. And about 13 years ago, I was pastoring a church of about 5,000. You know, most guys just ride that gravy train into the sunset. And in my case, uh, God was just blessing what he was allowing us to do to help other pastors to the degree that we just decided to go full-time and jumped off the cliff without a parachute, raised support, and became a full-time spiritual pyromaniac. So uh, our ministry now, uh, Strategic Renewal, really is, is really equipping pastors to succeed, uh, we call it God's way, but really based upon the Act 6 model of clear priorities, a reliance on the Holy Spirit, an extraordinary commitment to prayer. Uh, and then out of that, a fellowship was formed. It's a global fellowship of thousands of pastors who have kind of bound their hearts together to, to cheer each other on in a commitment to extraordinary pastoral leadership in prayer. And no surprise, that's called the 6-4 Fellowship based on Acts 6-4. And uh, a lot of our national leaders would be known to your listeners, you know, guys like Jim Cimbala, uh, a guy named H.B. Charles, Vance Pittman, a bunch of different men, Kevin Myers, who pastors a big uh, church in Atlanta, all of whom are committed to make the next new thing the first old thing, we call it. That the next new thing is not some you know, new strategy or methodology or some, trying to imitate some of the guy's success, but getting back to the real biblical priorities that really, I think, fuel supernatural gospel advancement in our society. Hey, you kind of talked, you mentioned it before, but maybe you can elaborate more. But can you talk a little bit about Strategic Renewal 6-4 Ministries and kind of dive in um, maybe a little bit more of, of what kind of ministry outreach and why you think these two ministries have been important for what you're doing and important for pastors? Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Strategic Renewal really focuses on the church at large. And uh, that involves, um, obviously, events where we can go into the church and have a weekend, Transforming Prayer Weekend. Uh, it involves small group resources. Obviously, I've written a lot of books that have been useful to the church at large. Uh, we do coaching on the personal prayer life, online coaching using Zoom. Uh, we do a 90-day coaching for pastors on leading their church in, in developing a culture of prayer. And so in a sense, when you get a computer, you know, you might buy a Dell, but it says powered by Intel, right? Uh, we're, we're kind of the Intel, the empowerment for all of that. But one of our, our uh, you might say our computers using that language, one of our expressions is the 6-4 Fellowship, which that is just for pastors, uh, senior pastors, youth pastors, who want to coalesce together, who want to connect with other praying pastors in their region. Uh, who want to receive regular resources every week just to keep fueling their leadership in prayer 
and uh, obviously their passion for the Lord in terms of worship-based prayer. So, uh, you know, our feeling is if you keep the pastor challenged, encouraged, focused, you've affected scores, hundreds, thousands of people uh, because of the multiplication effect, uh, effect through church leadership. So uh, that's kind of how it's evolved. And so Strategic Rule really ministers to the entire church. Six Four Fellowship is really just a global fellowship just for pastors. Yeah, one thing, I, um, the reason why I'm, I want to ask this question is uh, because this is a course, what we're doing here at the Youth and Culture Podcast, so this specifically to help youth and leaders. Uh, but why do you think uh, prayer and leaning on the Holy Spirit is not uh, the center of a lot of youth ministries? Yeah, boy, those, those are such relevant thoughts. Um, let me just uh, get into that by by just kind of something I've thought about a lot lately. And, and why is it that the early church, obviously reaching adults, youth, children, right? Why is it the early church prayed the way they did and we don't? Uh, I mean, admittedly, we don't pray like they did, right? So, and I think the reason is that they actually believed that the Holy Spirit was the how-to. We think the Holy Spirit helps us with our how-to. Uh, so I, I have in my hand, all of us have, you know, within reach a smartphone. Uh, we tend to treat the Holy Spirit like one of the apps, one of the dozens of apps we have on our phone, without realizing the Holy Spirit is actually the operating system. And I think our problem is we have too many other how-tos, right? We, uh, you know, why pray for an hour with my staff every week when we can, you know, in 15 minutes, Google some guy's answer and get a strategy, and then hope the Holy Spirit will attach his wagon to our train. And uh, we really put the Holy Spirit in a secondary position in comparison to our education, our training, our strategies, you know, our networking, whatever it is. And it's a false reliance. I always say, and, you know, I'm familiar with scandalous sin because I followed it twice. You know, I was the cleanup guy. But I would say the greatest danger to, to church leaders today is not scandalous sin, it's subtle self-reliance. And, um, and, and I say it often, Ryan, that the devil doesn't have to destroy you as a youth pastor. All he has to do is distract you and to get you relying on things other than the, the real biblical sources of discipleship and supernatural gospel impact in your community. Yeah, the reason why I, I kind of wanted to ask, um, I wanted to ask that question is um, because and again, this may be just, this is just my perspective. So those of you listening, I'm not saying that all, all youth leaders or a lot of youth leaders or a lot of youth ministries fall into this, but at least what I'm seeing uh, and even reading to a point in a lot of ministry leadership books, uh, youth ministry leadership books, it's more, it seems like things are more geared towards uh, building strategies based off of giftings and uh, leaning more towards uh, leadership strategies and vision cash and, and mission statement, which these things aren't bad. Uh, but I feel like there's, there's more emphasis on these things when it comes to leadership uh, yeah. rather than leaning and focusing on God. Cause here's, here's the thing that uh, uh, some of the best pastors uh that I've been uh, able to be a part of and churches and including my grandfather. My grandfather was a pastor for 40 plus years. And one thing I've even seen in his life, it wasn't necessarily his talent or his giftings it was his, his ability to be on his knees and pray. 
Um, even, even my dad, my dad's a good example of that in my own life as well. Um, uh, every morning growing up, I see my dad at five o'clock in the morning, just spending three or four hours, well, not maybe not four, but at least two to three hours in, in prayer and study and being along with God. And I don't see that and hear that at least um, as an emphasis when it comes to church leaders. Um, it seems like our culture is changing almost like a business model. These are the things I'm seeing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and to that point, uh, in my book, Old Past New Power, I confess that I'm a recovering leadership aholic, right? And, uh, you know, I always say, man, you announce a leadership conference and we're kind of like the, uh, you know, the, the goonies on the walking dead going after some, some fresh meat, you know, we just almost you know, a coma, you know, we got to go find leadership. And one of the things I mentioned in the book that, that, you know, the devil doesn't care what we depend on as long as not the Holy spirit and the more functional that alternative is, the more dangerous it is. And so I, very counterintuitive, obviously, but I go after leadership and vision because that's all the rage today. And, um, you know, I mentioned, I, I read through the Bible one year just to see what does God say about leadership? Because we're so obsessed with it. And the first observation I made, he doesn't talk about it near as much as we do in the, in the scriptures. And that it is a gift uh, that's mentioned, but we have taken a supernatural gift and turned it into a finely honed strategy that really is more about self-reliance than spirit reliance. And I also noticed, Ryan, that in the scripture, what is mentioned over and over and over and over again about every person that God used in a significant way was a little five-word phrase, the Lord was with him, the Lord was with him. Once you get that in your head, you start seeing it everywhere in the scripture, the Lord was with him. Well, that's very different than, than our idea of what it takes to succeed. You know, we've got to cast a vision even if we don't have one from God, we'll eat pizza late at night and come up with something on Vision Sunday, right? Uh, yeah. You know, we got to strengthen our leadership skills, et cetera. And I talk about the, you know, reading the leadership book one day on a plane, and I just started weeping. And I had this kind of this epiphany that all my life I've been trying to be a power boat for Jesus, you know, uh, the whole of my theological education, my hand on the throttle of my giftedness, you know, and, and the gasoline of leadership strategies. And I, I said to the Lord, uh, would you teach me what it means to be a simple sailboat? Because the sailboat doesn't bring glory to itself, to its human engineering. It brings glory to an unseen force that, yes, is unpredictable. Uh, but without that wind, you're dead in the water. And that's a mind shift for all of us, that, that what we're really going after is the, the, the presence of God in our lives, a reliance on the Holy Spirit, versus what new tools we can use to kind of gratify our fragile ego and our need for significance and our desire to be viewed as successful versus really seeing our life empowered by the Holy Spirit in ways that will bring glory to God and not to man. No, I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, even the realm of, of, of youth ministry or student ministry, one, one thing that um, um, I'm noticing and learning is that the youth ministry model of how we do ministry really hasn't changed in the last 60 years. Um, we've, we, may, we may package it with new lights and maybe spokes machines or different worship songs, worship sets. We now do small groups, maybe a little added that there. Uh, but the structure has kind of remained and remained the same. And I think that's one of the reasons, one of many reasons why we're losing uh, this next generation, Generation Z. They're the least... Um, 
they're the, the least evangelized generation in any other generation in history. And we're losing that generation. And that kind of, that brings back to, to what I'm saying at the beginning when we're talking about prayer and leading by the Holy Spirit. I think as a culture, church culture, there's a possibility that we have neglected that part in youth ministry and focus so much about our skills, talents, strategies, that we're more concerned about the work of man than really be focusing, okay, God, what do you want? What do you want to see happen? And really being leaning on God and the Holy Spirit rather than ourselves. Yeah. And, and to your point, you know, we have more tools today for accomplishing ministry than we've ever had in the history of the church. And I always say there's nothing wrong with the tools, but there's a difference between using the tools and relying on the tools. Mm-hmm. And your prayer life is the acid test and the prayer life of your church and the prayer culture of your leadership team is the acid test as to whether you are simply using those tools or relying on those tools. And there's a big difference in terms of the outcome. If we're all in tools, we're going to get what the tools can accomplish, which sometimes can be very superficial and temporary. If we're relying on the Holy Spirit, simply using the tools, we get what only the Holy Spirit can accomplish. And obviously, um, you know, we need a supernatural work in a new generation of young people. And I would just point out one thing quickly, Ryan, in Acts 6, uh, you know, again, the apostles were, were being pressured to fix a very important program in the church, which was the widow feeding program. I, I can't think of any that's closer to the heart of God than taking care of the widows, right? But they said, no, we're not going to fix it, which, you know, sounds heartless at first. And they said, because we believe the Holy Spirit is so real, so powerful, he's going to raise up seven men full of good reputation and wisdom to take care of this so that we can devote ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. And what's interesting, Ryan, three verses later, Acts 6, 7, which I call the great revival moment of the early church, uh, says that the word of God continued to spread, which is amazing, that the number of disciples multiplied greatly and that's significant because in chapter 1 of verse 6, they were multiplying. And for five chapters, they were adding. So they go from addition to multiplication to multiplying greatly. And then catch this last part of Acts 6, 7. And a great many priests were becoming obedient to the faith. That's phenomenal, man. That's like, that's like reading Kanye West becomes an evangelist, <laughs> right? Can you imagine, oh, yeah. right? Bill Maher oh, yeah. gets saved and starts churches all around the world. You know, the ones who are persecuting the church and fighting the church and put Jesus on the cross or getting saved in droves. Well, as a youth worker, I've got to believe that can happen again, but it's not going to happen based on, you know, Joe Baloney's new strategy for getting, you know, 20% more kids at a youth activity. It's got to come out of a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, which starts with my priority in ministry and what I'm relying on and how I, I and my leadership team are going to focus our efforts uh, in terms of an expectation of something truly that only the Holy Spirit can accomplish. No, absolutely. So that, that brings me to the next thing I want to ask you is, is what are some practical steps for youth leaders to make prayer central, not only in their lives, but also in their ministries? Yeah. Well, the first thing is that a youth pastor has to come to a place of conviction that I must lead a praying youth ministry, and it's only going to get there if I personally take it there. You can't point the way you got to lead the way, right? Uh, And um, I I say this about a church, that the prayer level of a church will never rise any higher than the personal example and passion of the senior leader. 
and the prayer level of the youth ministry will never rise any higher than the personal example and passion of the primary leader. So it's got to start with the conviction that this is how we do ministry. You know, this is the biblical model for a supernatural outcome in my youth ministry. I think secondly, um, I always say you have to go after culture, not just programming. You got to really go after a youth, a prayer culture within your youth ministry. And again, we do a 90 day coaching on this for pastors and youth pastors, but the summary of it, is that it always has to start at the epicenter of leadership, Ryan. Um, in other words, you've got to realize it's not just a matter of creating more prayer events, because what will happen, the same small group of motivated young people will go to all the prayer events, but your youth ministry is not affected as it ought to be. And so if your leadership team, your volunteer team of leaders, has really bought in to prayer uh, together, then I know with the Corona thing going on, this is not good terminology, but when the virus incubates within the leadership team, it's going to spread, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to go literally viral. So your volunteer leaders are not going to take the young people any further than they are themselves. And D.A. Carson, who's a renowned theologian, he says the only way people learn to pray is by praying with people who know how to pray. It's not from reading books or hearing sermons. It's by praying together. And so your leader, when I go into a church, Ryan, the first question I ask, in fact, I was uh, doing some coaching at the Summit Church, J.D. Greer's church a couple weeks ago. And I told him, first thing you got to resolve is number one, how much time do our leaders spend praying together? And secondly, what kind of prayer is it? In other words, um, you've got to view prayer as a primary function of your leadership team because Again, not praying about all the body parts, you know, and, and, you know, Susie's flunking out of school and Billy, you know, lost his license and, you know, Steve's got a drug problem. All those are vital issues, but it's seeking God's face before you start trusting his hand. And so leaders who, if you look at the New Testament in Acts, right, you know, you don't see him in the upper room praying for Peter's donkey who broke his leg. You know, they're not praying for, you know, Mary's goiter. You know, that what they're doing is they're seeking God. They're seeking the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's how missions was launched in Acts 13 out of Antioch. Same thing. What were they doing? Fasting and ministering to the Lord. So you have to have a leadership team that has captured this priority of seeking God together, which is where you get divine downloads now of what his plan is for your youth ministry, not just some other guy's idea. But, you know, I, I work a lot with Jim Simmel of Brooklyn Tab, and he makes the point that the churches of, of Revelation, Jesus had a specific letter for every church. You know, you, you can't copy somebody else's letter. And how do you get that letter? Well, let him who has ears hear what the Holy Spirit saying to the church. So you got to seek God for your youth ministry. And then, of course, um, you know, you got to start praying with your young people and incorporating prayer into the fabric of everything you do, the small groups, the large group gatherings. And praying in a different way. Uh, you're probably familiar with this, Ryan. We talk a lot about scripture-fed, spirit-led, worship-based prayer. Not just request-based praying, but literally seeking God's face before you seek his hand. And I believe, Ryan, if a new generation of young people could learn that reality, and that's based upon the model prayer that Jesus gave us, it would not only be transformational for them, but I think their hearts would be so ignited with a love for Jesus uh, that they may become the, the next great generation of evangelists in our nation, in our society. No, I agree. And, and for those of you who are listening, um, I don't even have this all figured out, even with, in my ministry. Um, I'm working this out, uh, how to best 
make prayer and seeking after God central in my ministry. And first of all, uh, central when it comes to my leader and my leadership uh, and also me personally, my personal life. So I don't have this all together yet. And it, but the thing is, is I encourage any of you who are listening is it takes day in, day out, constantly seeking God uh, and to be depending on him. You don't try to be dependent on having all the answers and everything figured out um, with, with any avenue of ministry, but also really specific when it comes to prayer. Don't think you have all the answers um, when it comes to your ministry. Uh, that's the reason why you first need to be dependent on God and his leaning and in the Holy Spirit and not your own strengths and your own power and your own abilities. So Daniel, uh, if somebody want to get in contact with you specifically about maybe talk a little bit more about this, about prayer and um, leaning on the Holy Spirit or to talk about strategic renewal and six, four ministries, uh, what, what is the best way to get in contact with you? Thank you, Ryan. So we have two websites. They're kind of under one, but they're, they're really two entry points. Strategicrenewal.com is where they could get more information on some of our resources, you know, books that are available. For a youth pastor, I would highly recommend a book called Old Paths, New Power, uh, which is really how to just reframe your whole paradigm, you know, away from a reliance on all the tools to, to really building a prayer culture in your church. You'll also find at strategicrenewal.com coaching opportunities. We do, as I mentioned, 30-day uh, uh, cohorts on just resetting your spiritual disciplines and uh, really reframing how you pray. And then uh, we have a 90-day coaching experience for pastors, youth pastors, people in church leadership on leading prayer culture. So that would be the strategic renewal side. On the 6-4 Fellowship side, the number six, the number four, the word fellowship, 6-4-fellowship.com. Uh, you can go and join, which is free. It's great. But what that means is uh, you go and you, you hopefully not everyone does this. We try to really urge them to do it. You can place yourself on the map. So that puts a pin on our map and you begin to realize where other pastors and youth pastors who have said, I'm in. I want to I want to be serious about prayer and the ministry of the word more intentionally. You can identify others with a like heart. But also every week, then once you join, you get a new resource. So twice a month, Ryan, we send out what we call a Tuesday toolbox. And uh, one of those is, is just a guided, uh, how you lead a worship-based prayer experience out of a psalm. The other one is using some of the more popular worship songs and showing how you can even use those as prayer entry points as you're leading worship to begin to integrate prayer more you know, practically and naturally into some of your gatherings. Uh, also, then twice a month, you get interviews from a lot of other leaders, and a lot of them you'd recognize. Some of them would just be grassroots guys. Some of them are, you know, kind of rock star guys. But all of them really talking practically about integrity, about prayer, about preaching, about some of the core aspects of ministry. So, strategic renewal side, lots of resources and coaching, and then the six four side, just specifically connecting with other pastors and receiving weekly encouragement in that regard. Well, Daniel, I just want to thank you for taking your time out and coming on the podcast today. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate your heart and keep up the good work. I am really thankful for Daniel's heart and his passion to see churches really re uh, revive themselves in the Holy Spirit and in prayer and, and leaning on God rather than our own abilities and how important and how powerful that is within our ministries. 
So I'm very thankful for what he does. And, and in a lot of ways, after even before this interview and talking to Daniel, even after this interview, uh, God's been working on me when it comes to things that I've been doing personally in my ministry, because I'm, I'm naturally very driven, uh, very uh, ambitious, uh, which can be good and bad, a good and bad thing. But because of that, I have a tendency of leaning on my own leadership rather than leaning on God and being dependent on him to see fruit uh, in my ministries. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. And one of the things that as I listened through that, um, the, the one big thing that stuck out to me was the analogy he used about the sailboat. Um, and it just takes me back to when I was a kid, my grandfather taught me how to sail on a little triangle sail, styrofoam sailboat in a lake in Maine. And yeah, I'll just put it this way. You can't sail against the wind. <laughs> um, and, and you can't sail your life against the power of God. You've got to let him take you along, but he can't take you along if you're not spending time with him in prayer. Um, if you're not talking to him and if you're not in his word, letting him talk to you. So this was a huge challenge for me today too, to be honest. Um, my wife and I have many conversations about our prayer life not being as good as it should be. So I think we're going to have to start actually working on that now. <laughs> Absolutely. And again, like I said earlier, I'm in the same boat. Well, guys, uh, thank you for tuning in and listening. You definitely don't want to miss the next episode as we're going to be interviewing somebody who has both has been influential in both my life and even David's life uh, when it comes to youth ministry and how we do youth ministry. So I'm really excited about our next uh, episode. So stay tuned as we talk with Dr. Brown.